You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I'm NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications. And joining us this week is Ethan Lane, NCBA's Vice President of Government Affairs. Ethan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Ed. All right. Well, the big news uh, over the weekend, I guess, on Friday night, which is a little bit of an unusual uh, timing. Um, On Friday night, USDA announced more details regarding uh, direct relief for ag producers um, who have been impacted by the COVID situation. Um, This this is uh, the direct relief that is being made possible through the CARES Act, which was that $2 trillion relief package um, that passed Congress a few weeks ago. Um, Ethan, what what did USDA um, announce on Friday night? Um, and where do we go from here? Right. So, so this is the culmination of, of what we've been working on for the past few weeks, really for the last month now, um, on, on this uh, uh, stimulus uh, package. This is the CARES Act, as you said, that was passed uh, a few weeks back now, that $2 trillion package. Uh, we were able to secure $9.5 billion in, in uh, uh, money specifically for livestock producers, including dairy, specialty crops, and uh, uh, local food systems, as well as a $14 billion replenishment of the Commodity Credit Corporation's uh, coffers as, as part of that package. So uh, since the passage of that CARES Act, we've really been in implementation mode working with USDA. Uh, I know a lot of people remember that we put out a damage estimate last week that a team of economists that we assembled uh, have, have done kind of the most comprehensive uh, full-featured damage assessment out there to really get our arms around uh, what the economic impact has been to the cattle industry from this crisis um, and help frame up what USDA needs to be looking at to ensure that uh, they really get enough money out to the ground to help our producers. So what we what we saw on Friday was their uh, sort of public announcement of, of what they think that program needs to look like. They're calling it CFAP, Coronavirus Food Assistance Program, um, and they're, they're putting it at $19 billion to start. Um, and that is the sort of the broad framework of this program that they're now going to have to send to the White House, to, the, to OMB, the Office of uh, uh, Management and Budget, um, to review that rulemaking and, and determine if it's proper before they can finalize it and actually uh, initiate that program. Um, so not quite finished product yet. It's still, it's still sort of in a draft final form, I guess you could say. Um, but they did release some numbers, and then some others were sort of leaked out by, uh, by people who were, had received briefings. Um, and, and I think USDA has tried to be careful with this, Ed, because, you know, this isn't final yet. The, the paint isn't dry. Um, the White House still has an opportunity to weigh in here. Um, so it's a bit premature to start getting the calculator out and, and running these numbers um, although, you know, some of the things we've heard, I'll, I'll walk through so we can uh, kind of get an idea of, of, of what's in here. You know, first and foremost, they did allocate $5.1 billion to the cattle industry specifically. That's, that's pretty good news. That's the, biggest, uh, that's the biggest allocation of any commodity uh, taken care of in this, in this package. Um, that, that's something we're, we're pleased with. We always would like to see it higher. Um, but but uh, that, uh, all things considered, that's a, that's a pretty good number. Uh, considering the fact that they had about $40 billion in requests uh, for this for this $9.5 billion, um, including the $13.6 billion that we, that we submitted. Um, so from that, they then have to devise a program for how to spend it and, and how to make sure that it gets into the hands of those producers that really need the benefit. Um, so the way they try to tackle that is by 
bucketing that money out um, according to actual damages. And they've, they've laid out a time frame of sort of January to the middle of April as, uh, as that window for incurring damages. And then there's some, as we understand it, there's some flexibility built into that formula for losses rolling forward for the next few quarters. So they're trying to look at uh, folks that were, that were hit directly needing to sell cattle right in the middle of this crisis, and then those that are going to be experiencing market impacts uh, for the next few quarters to come after that. And so we're looking at some of those cow-calf guys and others that we know are, are suffering a lot of impact from this, but may not have sold cattle yet. Um, so that puts them in kind of a different category where we want to make sure that uh, they're being paid attention to as well. So that's kind of the, the, the framework of where we are. Um, the biggest concern we've seen so far is that they're using some payment caps that, that are pretty low, uh, 125000 for an individual commodity, 250000 for, uh, for for an individual across multiple commodities. That's, that's a pretty, it sounds like a big number until you really start looking at uh, uh, the size of some of these operations and, and even on smaller scale, uh, smaller feeding operations uh, and, and producers that are certainly not you know, big corporate agricultural entities um, would still be left out of the mix in 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 that equation with a with a cap that low. So, uh, and that's something that it's not just specific to the cattle industry. We've heard the same from all of the commodities that are that are in this mix. They're all wrestling with that payment cap right now. So, uh, we're we're working on some some uh, uh, communications tools to get back to Capitol Hill, get back to USDA and the White House, and help them understand that you know the, this first this first offering here. Uh, has a lot of features that that we think are going to be good, but uh, you know that that gonna, that's going to be a concerning piece for us, and we need to make sure we get that cap right to make sure that we don't leave out producers that really need to be helped from this program. So so that's kind of where we are at this point. Um, you know there are a lot more details sort of floating around out there, but I really caution people to not start going to the bank based on those details. This thing is not finished yet. There is a rulemaking process that has to be completed. Before they can put this out on the street, they're not expecting to accept applications until early May with checks later in the month. So we're, we're, we're definitely moving forward. We have the outlines of a program here. We have some top-line numbers, and that is that is progress. Um, but but we're, we're still looking at some work ahead of us here, um, which we'll be doing in the next few weeks. You'll be hearing more about that from us, um, and it's, it's something that uh, we now can kind of take what they've put together and start to fine-tune it. Yeah, and I know that you and your team did a, a great job working with USDA, um, working with Congress initially to get this thing, um, you know, included in the bill. And then, of course, it doesn't stop once Congress passes that bill; it has to be implemented, and and all the all the details have to be decided by USDA. So, um, great job on on this, and, and and good luck on the continued rollout of this. And hopefully, people get some relief uh, within the next month or so. Um, you mentioned in passing uh, this report that NCBA commissioned and announced last week um, that estimated, I think, the, the cattle industry losses as a result of this entire uh, coronavirus situation at $13.6 billion. Can you talk a little bit about that study and, and sort of what it showed in terms of which sectors um, were hit the hardest by this whole thing? Well, Dr. Dr. Daryl Peel from Oklahoma State University is the uh, is the economist that we approached about this, and it's because of his his diversified knowledge across these different sectors. We have a lot of great ag economists in our in our industry that that provide a lot of really good research and input uh, to to those of us in the industry. Um, Dr. Peel is unique because he has experience in in the cow calf sector, in the stalker sector, and, and in the feeding sector. 
Um, and it gives him a nice, broad sort of cross-section of knowledge. And what we asked him to do was put together a team of economists from uh, across the country that work in those different sectors specifically in order to, to really have a, a, a good group that could look at this thing from the perspective of all of our different members. And, and we think that they did a good job of, of, of putting that team together. Uh, they were able to respond very quickly uh, to our request and, and get a product out the door that, that was able to inform USDA um, about the need out there and, and where we see some long-term issues down the road if we, if we don't get some aid uh, uh, to these producers quickly. And the cow-calf sector is a great example of that. Um, in that report, they talk about the fact that there's an economic impact estimate for 2020 of about $111 a head for our cow-calf members. Uh, that, that's an interesting number because what they say in the report is that if, if nothing is done about that this year, that the, the year-round nature of the cow-calf business is going to have a multiplier effect, which means that that's going to be a $247 impact by 2021. So if they get some relief funds to the ground this year, if, if they can help the, the folks in the cow-calf sector um, out with some payments from this, from this CARES Act stimulus plan, um, that can mitigate that rolling damage that goes into 2020, or 2021, excuse me. So, I mean, there's some opportunity here if we, if we strike quickly to stem some of the, the, the losses and, and shore up some of, these, some of these producers that have been hit so hard by this. I mean, and we need to continue to caution people. You know, this isn't gonna make anybody whole. Um, I, I wish I could tell you there's, there's enough money out there for us to grab and make every producer whole. Um, and, and, you know, USDA has said the same. What we're trying to do is get as much as we possibly can to as many people as we possibly can. Um, and, you know, that's a, that's a challenging task when you have a lot of other, other commodities that are out there uh, looking for these kinds of benefits as well. And, and quite frankly, most of them are more used to using these programs. You know, they, they're, they're in here for these subsidies on a, on, a, on a yearly basis. Cattle industry hasn't done that before, and, and, and you know, we, we don't plan to, to be doing it in the future. Um, this is a pretty extraordinary set of circumstances, but we have had to uh, uh, learn to play this game very, very quickly. Um, so we're pleased with, with you know, the, the piece of the pie that we've, that we've secured on such, on such short notice. But it, it took, you know, this kind of a, a comprehensive economic assessment uh, to really outline the need since it, it just isn't a conversation that, that, that people have had before with USDA about support payments for cattle producers. Um, so it's been kind of a unique exercise, Ed, but, um, but it has helped us to really provide some, some real hard numbers to USDA and to the White House as they go through this process and to Congress for that matter. Right. And then um, I guess another way, uh, another form of relief is the so-called paycheck protect protection uh, part of this relief package. Um, right. it, it very famously ran out of money last week, and now they're talking about um, passing more legislation this week uh, to sort of refund or replenish uh, that account. Um, what are you hearing on that and how it may be impacting or helping um, some members of uh, the cattle industry? Well, this is, I mean, this is a suite of tools to, to get out to the ground and help producers. It's not just the 9.5, it's not just the replenishment of CCC, but it's things like these SBA programs, these small business administration programs as well. And, you know, these programs traditionally have not been very friendly and welcoming to agricultural producers. We lobby pretty hard to, to open, that, uh, open that access up during the CARES Act, um, and we got some pretty good language in the CARES Act that, that we think um, allows our producers pretty broad access to both the Paycheck Protection Program, that PPP program that's been so popular, um, as well as those EIDL uh, loans, those disaster assistance loans that um, you know traditionally we have not had access to. The only agricultural 
uh, users that have been able to access those EIDL loans in the past have been uh, aquaculture, aquaculture operations, ag co-ops, and, uh, and nurseries, I believe. Um, so, you know, the, the language in the CARES Act uh, made it clear that Congress's intent here was for a much broader section of agriculture, us included, uh, to have access to that EIDL funding during this crisis, uh, just like they, they made it clear that that PPP program was intended to include us as well. Um, so, you know, it's been a rocky road as those programs have rolled out. We still don't have access to EIDL, although NCBA and the uh, National Farm Bureau, uh, Farm Bureau Federation and others um, have sent a letter to SBA asking them to re-examine that. We've continued to engage with Congress looking for some clarifying language to sort of uh, reinforce to SBA that we need to be provided access there. But in the meantime, uh, we've seen that initial 323 billion, I think it was, funded the PPP uh, completely committed uh, to to those looking for loans. And, you know, it's been an interesting process because I, I, I think that, I, you know, what we heard initially was uh, that a lot of our lending institutions in the ag community, Farm Credit being a great example, um, really had to, to, to hit the gas and, and, and figure out how to integrate into this process. Um, and that has been a pretty rocky, that's been a pretty rocky road over the last few months or a few weeks, excuse me. Um, and we have had some producers that, that were able to get in there quickly and get their applications submitted and get approved for loans. And we've had others that really had a hard time getting access to that. Uh, I think Congress has heard all of that. We know they're putting the finishing touches on a new tranche of money into that program. That initial 323 is, is essentially gone. Um, we're hearing anything from $250 billion to another $500 billion um, up for discussion and, and with, with various allocations. Uh, sitting here this morning on Capitol Hill, we think that they may have a deal by midweek to, to replenish that program um, so that it can keep its doors open and they can keep those loans going out. And, and, you know, they're looking at that as different options for different producers. So depending on what your operation looks like, you might benefit more from a payment under that CARES Act direct payment to producer program we talked about earlier. If, if you've got a different kind of operation with, with a, a larger payroll and some commitments and obligations like that, you may benefit more from uh, participation in that PPP program. And if we can get access to those EIDL funds that Congress promised us, that opens up even another avenue for us, hopefully to provide some some uh, uh, some support to producers. So we're really looking at this as, as is Congress and, and the White House and the administration as a, as a suite of tools rather than uh, individually, you know, this tool, this tool, this tool. Uh, we have to look at it holistically and, and, and we need to be looking at what what pieces might be the best fit for different producers because they're not all going to fit all of our producers and, and the hope is that there's enough out there that everybody gets covered by one or the other um, as we go through this and that's going to be a process honestly out of, of trial and error uh, talking to our producers hearing what's working and what's not we've had a tremendous amount of phone calls in the last few weeks um, with reports from producers about where they've had success um, where they've been frustrated we've talked to our farm credit partners and and, and folks in the lending community as well um, to get their feedback on where they're struggling working with with SBA and others, um, but I mean this this is this really is the kind of program that typically would take years to implement, and it's being put together in a matter in a matter of a few weeks. So I mean these kind of problems I guess are not to, are not unexpected. Although you know we are hoping that we can get to a point here where this is functioning properly and the aid is getting out to the producers that it needs to get to. Um, but it's important that our, our folks keep communicating with us, keep letting us know where the problems are so we can continue to be their eyes and ears and communicate that on Capitol Hill, and communicate that with the administration and, and get fixes made where they need to be made. Yeah, sounds good. Obviously, there is a lot going on, and this is just on the relief portion of this. 
Um, obviously, there was a lot of work that was done in the in the first initial days and weeks on the regulatory front, um, and the work continues. If you if you were listening to this, you probably heard our email notifications pinging in the background constantly there. So, um, obviously, this is a, a work in progress, and there's a lot going on. Um, but uh, and it's going to continue for the next. Uh, foreseeable future, really, this is going to dominate the year, I think. So, um, Ethan, uh, thank you for all of your work and, and, and everything that your team has done um, over the last, whatever it's been, four, five, six weeks. I've kind of lost track. It's all sort of a blur at this point. Um, but uh, thanks for all your work and uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, Ed. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef. Check us out online for all of the latest updates at ncba.org and follow along on Twitter at at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening.